Bibles, if we would. And let's turn to the book of Matthew. Book of Matthew. Today, I want to share a message entitled, Not Again. Not Again. You ever have those moments? <laughs> wow, I guess this is, the, this is the message for today. Um, those moments where, here, here, here it is again. For some of you, uh, it, it could be something like the, the car. Oh, when the engine light comes on, right? That messenger from the pits of hell itself, the, the engine light. And of course, I right away check the blinker fluid to make sure it's okay. <laughs> some of you are like, really? There's blinker fluid? And... Um, and, and, and boy, that stresses me out. Or, for, you know, for you, it could be all kinds of things. I, I want to talk about those times that we've asked God to take care of something, and he has, but then the problem comes again. Hmm. How do you deal with that? How do you deal with those not-again moments I want to look at that today. So if you would join me, would you stand with me for the reading of God's word as we take a look at this together? And we're going to start in Matthew chapter 14. Okay, Matthew chapter 14, starting in verse 13. If you're there, say amen. Okay, now if you don't have a Bible or you don't have it on your device, you can look at the screen the whole time because I'll have all my verses there, okay? Here we go. As soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone, but the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. Jesus saw the huge crowd, and he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them, and he healed the sick, their sick. That evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves." But Jesus said, that isn't necessary. You feed them. But we only have five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here, he said. And then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up towards heaven, and blessed them. Then, breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterward the disciples picked up twelve baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 men were fed that day, in addition to all the women and the children. Now, how, how cool is that? The feeding of the 5,000. How many of you say that's a, that's a pretty good miracle? In fact, did you know that's the only miracle of Jesus that's in all four Gospels? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's the only one that's in all four of them. Now, here's the deal. I'm not preaching on that today. <laughs> Sorry. Did you know that there was also a feeding... Of the 4,000. Look at this. This is in the next chapter. Then Jesus called his disciples and told them, I feel sorry for these people. They've been here with me for three days and they have had nothing to eat. I want to send them away hungry or they will faint along the way. The disciples replied, where would... Okay, now, time out. Time out. Just one chapter over. They saw Jesus feed 5,000 people. 
with, Book of John tells us, with the kids' lunch. And so, now here they are in the same situation again. You would think, you would think they would say, Aww, it's going to be good. It's going to do it again. It's not what they said. Look what they said. Uh, the disciples replied, where would we get enough food here in the wilderness for such a huge crowd? Can you imagine? Well, I'll get to that later. Let's keep going. Jesus asked, how much bread do you have? And they replied, seven loaves and a few small fish. So Jesus told all the people to sit down on the ground, and then he took the seven loaves and the fish, and he thanked God for them, and he broke them into pieces. He gave them to the disciples who distributed the food to the crowd. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up seven large baskets of leftover food. There were 4,000 men who were fed that day, in addition to all the women and the children. What do we do? with our not-again moments. Because I got a feeling that some of us might be there right now. So Jesus, I pray that your word now would come alive as we unpack it. Not so that we could just say we learned a few tidbits of, of Scripture, but God, change our hearts and, and give us hope where we might need it. And show us what to do with those not-again moments in our lives. And Lord, I'll thank you for what is done in Jesus' name. And we all said amen. 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 Thanks for your patience. You may be seated. Not again. Wow. Isn't it interesting? When we, we literally will see Jesus answer a prayer for us. For example, let, let's, say, let, let, let's say that uh, we've asked God to heal us, and he does. In fact, show of hands, how many of you, God has healed your body before? Let me see your hands. Okay, a lot of us in here. Okay, cool. Now, <laughs> what do we do when we feel sick again? Oh, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Or, or we get a little mad at God. We get discouraged. And I want you to know that there were 12 people very close to Jesus who literally witnessed Jesus do such a profound miracle that all four gospel writers wrote about it in their accounts of Jesus' life. This was a miracle that was a game changer, and they were part of it. They saw it, and then when the opportunity came again, when the crisis came again, they didn't know what to do. We're the same way. We're the same way. So let's unpack this. What, what should we keep in mind when we find ourselves experiencing the same problem that Jesus helped us with? before. Because I will tell you that I've been here long enough now to see people come and go. And some people have left and never come back because they never got over this. They never got past this. 
even though he did something great before, when, 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 it, when it came back, they never got over it. And they allowed their walk with God to totally get derailed. It's probably not a good term here in Ohio. It, it, it shipwrecked. There we go. <laughs> know your audience, young preachers. Know your audience. So, so let's, uh, let, let's break this down in a few sections here. This last scripture that we read. I think this will help us, okay? Number one, I want to take a look at Jesus' reaction to the disciples. Now again, we find this in verses 33 and 34. Verse 33 says, the disciples replied, where would we get enough food here in the wilderness for such a huge crowd? And then Jesus asked them, how much bread do you have? And they replied, seven loaves and a few small fish. Now, why, why do I pause here in the message? See, because there's times when we can look back and say, well, Jesus healed us, but now those same symptoms are back. How do we respond? Maybe Jesus mended a relationship that was very important to you, and now all of a sudden there's conflict there again. Maybe you didn't think you would ever have to deal with that problem or that crisis or that difficulty, or that issue ever again. And here it is. Not again. And what happens? This can, this can actually do a number on us mentally and emotionally, if not also spiritually. The, the fear, the, the anxiety all the feelings that come with that, all the discouragement that comes with that, everything that takes place. And we begin to even question Jesus. I think it's important that we keep our mind on the correct things. And that's why I've singled out Jesus' reaction to the disciples' questioning. Again, just not too long ago, they saw him feed 5,000 plus with five loaves and two fish. That's a good day. That's a good fellowship right there, if you like fish sandwiches. It's, it's, that's a good day. And now the same issue, not much longer, with 4,000 people, and now they're like, I got nothing. I, I, I don't know. Jesus, how are you going to do this? And if I'm Jesus, I'm like, ah. Oh, what did you just see me do? You probably still got some leftover fish from the last time. What am I going to do? The same one that calmed the storm, the same one that's cast out devils, the same one that has healed diseases, and, and, and now they're wondering, what, what's he going to do? What, I, I don't know. Where could we ever find the answer to this? You know what I'm thankful that Jesus did not do? Jesus didn't get angry with them because of their question. Please hear me today. 
If you've found yourself questioning God and you think that Jesus has somehow gotten angry with you or mad at you or is trying to punish you because of your doubts, will you put that away? Because nowhere in the scripture do we see that Jesus felt that way towards his disciples whatsoever. Jesus didn't say, how dare you, leprosy, boom, yeah, there you go, how do you like that? He didn't say that. <laughs> he didn't call down lightning and fire from heaven and say, okay, let's zap Thaddeus, we don't know anything about you, <laughs> there we go. He didn't do that either. He, he saw this as an opportunity to prove himself again. He sees this as an opportunity to prove himself Again, if you think that Jesus is somehow angry with you because you have questions, if you think that Jesus wants to kind of cast you away because you've been doubting him, I am going to tell you, you're actually in great company because 12 men very close to Jesus had the same thing take place. I think we need to realize that Jesus is way more patient with our shortcomings than we are. Let me say that again. Jesus is way more patient with our shortcomings than we are. And we hold ourselves up to this standard that seems to think that Jesus is up in heaven with a light switch. It's just like, I love you, I love you not. I love you, I love you not. And that's not it at all. It's not it at all. So before we go any further, if you're in a season of questioning or a season of doubt, Jesus still loves you. And he cares for you. Now, he doesn't want to leave you that way. But he still loves you. And that love will never change. I'm so glad we sang same God because... That love of his is the most consistent thing that we'll ever experience, isn't it? Same yesterday, today, and forever. So I'm thankful today that in the midst of my questioning and during my not-again moments, he still loves me. Secondly, I want to take a look at Jesus' reply. We saw his reaction to them, or I should say the lack thereof. But let's take a look at how he did answer them, his reply to them. And we're going to go back to verse 34, and let's go to verse 36. It says, Jesus asked, how much bread do you have? And they replied, seven loaves and a few small fish. So Jesus told all the people to sit down on the ground. And then he took the seven loaves and the fish. He thanked God for them, and he broke them into pieces. He gave them to whom? He gave them to the disciples who distributed the food to the crowd. Don't miss this. I think there is a purpose to Jesus having the disciples serve as the servers. How are we ever going to feed this crowd? Oh, here you go. And everybody got food. Thanks to Jesus and brought to you by the disciples. See, we know how this story goes, okay? But let, let's understand that Jesus could have, he didn't, he could have just created 
food out of thin air. Right? He could have just stood there and said, okay, pizza for everybody. Boom. Let's, let's mix it up. And he didn't do that. He went back to what he did before. He went back to use what was available. Ready for this? To use what was available from the disciples. Seven loaves of bread and a few fish. He used their resources. Last time, he used a child's lunch. Again, John tells us that the fish and the bread came from a child. This time, they've packed a lunch. In my opinion, kind of a weak one, but there you go. No little Debbie cakes. What is going on? He used what little faith they had. And he literally used them. See, here we are questioning, God, how how in the world are you going to do this? Even though he's done it before. And then we say, God, how in the world are you going to come through for me this time? I don't get it. And what's interesting, he may actually use you to to bring the result and to bring the answer. He might use what you have to bring forth the miracle that you need. He might actually take this moment to see what you can do to help bring the answer that you need. For example, God, oh, I've got a huge financial need. Now here's how I need you to answer this, Jesus. Those guys that pop out of the minivan with the oversized checks and the balloon bouquet, I need three of them. That publisher's clearinghouse, whatever, that's what I need. And Jesus just might say, no, no, okay, well, I'll tell you what, Jesus, I've got six lucky numbers. Don't get me going. Jesus might just say, you know what? You know what? I might just use your giftings to see this financial need. I might actually get you a job. Or a better job. Oh, no, Jesus. No, 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 no. I I really don't want to work for it, okay? (laughs) But please supply my needs. And oftentimes we... Oftentimes, we think that we need to come up with a solution for Jesus. (laughs) And I'm a bit of a type A control freak, okay? Okay. And uh, so we'll cover that in therapy. And, and, And so I, when I, when I, sometimes when I approach Jesus, I'm like, okay, God, uh, because I'm a planner and, and, a lot of you know this about me. I've got my plan A. If that doesn't work, I've got my plan B. If that doesn't work, I've actually got a plan C stored somewhere. Just to make it easy. <laughs> I can't believe I even think this. To make it easy on Jesus. 
and, and I found out that Jesus doesn't really need me to come up with answers. I actually need him to come up with my answers for me. And he might actually use me. He might actually do something through me. He might actually use the resources that I have to see the miracle take place. I love the fact that he used the disciples, the very ones that were questioning whether Jesus was going to pull this off or not. He said, tell you what, guys, not only am I going to feed them, but you're going to serve them. And how profound. For me, every time I handed out a fish sandwich, I'd be like, I can't believe I doubted him. I can't believe I doubted him. And Jesus proved to them again during their not-again moments that he can do what he wants to do and he might even use them. Jesus can demonstrate that he can do anything and he might even use you. Oh, I want this, I, I want this relationship to be restored. Well, he might use you to do it. I need this to take place. I, he, he might need you to do it. How many of you follow what I'm saying? Thirdly today, Jesus gave us then a repeat. Jesus gave us a repeat. A rerun, if you will. Look at verse 37. This is my life verse, by the way. They all ate as much as they wanted. <laughs> it's tattooed on my arm. They... <laughs> They all ate as much as they want. Jesus did it. He did it again. See, it's one thing to be in need again. But then how about the moments where he comes through again? Even in spite of my doubts, even in spite of my fears, even in spite of my not being as full of faith as I should have been. But he did it. And he supplied all the needs. He did it well. He did it great. And this is not the only time that Jesus blew people's minds. Mark chapter 7, verse 37, we read that they were completely amazed. And they said again and again, everything he does, Jesus, everything he does is wonderful. He even makes the deaf to hear and gives speech to those who cannot speak. They were amazed. Psalm chapter 18, verse 30, we are reminded that God's way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all who look to him for protection. Folks, everything that Jesus does is wonderful. Everything, everything. And it's not just the result that's wonderful. It's the way he does it that's wonderful. Oh, I should say that again, because some of us might need to write that down. It's not just the results that gives Jesus the label wonderful. It's also the process and how he does it because all of his ways are perfect. Yes, his miracles and his works are fantastic, but his ways are also good. He does all things well. All of his ways are perfect. We can not only trust God for results, but we can also trust God because of the fact that we know that he's got us, and he will keep us, and he will protect us, and he will shield us, and he will guard us, and also he will love us in the midst of the process. 
don't just focus on the results. Focus on how he does it. He doesn't need your script. I've learned this the hard way. He doesn't need your bullet points. I've just learned to trust him. And again, for a type A control freak like myself, that is not easy to do. But there is no greater place, and please hear me, because I have experienced this myself. There's no more vulnerable and perfect place for you to be in your spiritual life than to be totally dependent on God. That's scary when you're prone to plans B and C and D. But to be totally dependent on Jesus and trust him for everything, that is an incredible place to be. I want to close with this. If the Lord answered your prayer once, he's able to do it again. If he answered your prayer once, we believe he'll do it again. So let me finish by giving you this reminder. Here's our reminder in verse 37. The second half of verse 37 says this. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven large baskets of leftover food. How many of you hate leftovers? Let me see your hands. Okay. How many of you get the box at the restaurant only to leave it at the table after you leave? Let me see your hands. They come to me and they say, do you need a box? Sure. Just like, you know, all the way home, where's the box? Where's the box? Or you leave it in the car for three days anymore. Yeah, it's just like, what's that smell? Um, oh, wow, fish. And, um, uh, hey. So they had leftovers. It kind of reminds me of Ephesians 3.20 when, when it says that Jesus will uh, bless us, what? Abundantly? Above all that we could ever ask or think or imagine. That's the way Jesus does it. But they didn't just leave the leftovers on the ground. They gathered them all up. Why? Because you should never, ever waste what God has done for you. Do you think that your horrible experience was just that? A horrible experience? No, you see, God can use that experience. God can use that bad moment that you had in your life. Jesus will never waste one of your experiences, ever. Good or even bad. I look around this room. Some of us, we've been through some stuff. I've been your pastor long enough to know that. Some of you prayed at your bedside at the hospital. Some of you, uh, I wasn't sure what God was going to do with you. I, wasn't, I, I didn't know if I'd see you on a Sunday or do your funeral. Literally. And you might look back on that experience and just say, oh, I never want to think about that ever again. But could it be? that God could look back on that experience that you had and actually use it for his good. If you were, 
if you were strung up in the chains of addiction and God has set you free, God didn't do that just to give you a nice statistic in someone's book. God wants you to know that he wants to use that experience for his glory in your life. If you have been through sickness and God has brought you through it, understand you can't leave that land on the ground. You got to pick that up and you got to understand that God has a purpose in your leftovers. God has a purpose in your, in your situation. He's got a purpose in your problems. He's got a purpose in your past. He's got a purpose in all of that and we dare not, we dare not try to waste any of that. What God does in my life I don't want to waste. God's got a purpose in all of it. So I'm thankful that Jesus doesn't see my life and he doesn't see me as damaged goods. Boy, he's been through a lot. There's Phil. That's in my train wreck category. There is no train wreck category. Some of you could be really liberated knowing that today. That's not you. You're not a victim. You're not damaged goods. Not one person in here. You are his child. And what you have been through, what the devil, the enemy of our souls, meant for bad, God will use for good. Do not waste anything that God has done in you. Jonathan, if you can come help me. I, I wonder if there's anyone here today, you're, you're at a not-again moment. The, the symptoms have come back. The conflict is there. The, the work situation is bad again. This, I mean, it, it can... In, in enough people here, it could be anything. Students, that conflict on campus, that situation with your, your professor, and all of a sudden, here it is again. Here it is again. You, you thought that you got past all that. We, we, we thought that God walked us through that. We even prayed about it, and God took care of it. But here it is again. Did we do something wrong? No. Did God take a break? No. No. He wants to use this moment to demonstrate one more time that he is everything that his word says that he is. Today is a day to turn your questioning and your doubts and your discouragement, bring all those to Jesus. You've had all the wrong answers? Fine. Give that to Jesus. Where are we going to get enough bread and fish to feed this crowd, Jesus? Just give it to Jesus. He's got you. He's not going to zap you because you've been asking the wrong questions. Rather, he wants to give you the right answers. And he could do that. Whatever your not again situation might be. So here's what we're going to do today. We're, 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 we're going to pray. I'm going to give you a chance to pray. And specifically, if you are in a not again situation, I want you to take your questions, your doubts, your situation, however you feel about this. Maybe you're the most faith-filled person in the room right now. Awesome. But can we give all, or maybe you feel like you can't even spell Jesus today because you got so many doubts. So hear me, wherever you are in that spectrum, can we just offer all of that to Jesus and say, Lord, I need you to come through for me again. 
We sing a song here. I've seen you move. You move the mountains. And I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way when there was no way. And I believe I'll see you do it again. I've asked Jonathan to play and sing that while we pray today. So if you could stand with me. And if you're in that situation today, I want to give you a chance to pray. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm going to say amen. And when I'm done, consider that just a green light for you to begin praying. Maybe you want to move from your seat and come to this front area and kind of make an altar and pray about your not-again situation. Maybe you feel better just sitting at your chair or kneeling at your chair and giving God your not-again situation. I don't know how you want to do it, but let's just make this a place of prayer. He loves you. He's not mad at you because of how you feel about this situation. Just give it all to him today. And when you're done, you can consider yourself released But let's fellowship out in the hallway so that we don't disturb those who might be praying in here. But if you need to pray about your not again, do so. And don't leave until you're done with the Lord. So Jesus, I'm asking you that you would take our situations, take our doubts, (laughs) take our not agains, and remind us just who you are again. And God, we, we refuse to waste anything that you do in our lives. So Lord, I pray that we would know that your arms are wide open to us today. And you might even want to use us. Speak to us about that. You might want to do something, you might want to do something in me before you do something for me today. You might want to do something through me today before you do something for me today. But whatever the case, Lord, just let your work be done because all of your ways are perfect. So move in the lives and in the hearts of those that are here today and those watching us online. As we meet with you, please meet with us and guide us as we leave this place this morning. And it's in your precious and holy name that we pray. Amen. If you need to pray, do so right now. And if God's released you, you can consider yourself dismissed. God bless you.